I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. You're listening to Black Girl Blueprint. Because black girls did it first. And honestly, better. Period. Period. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Black Girl Blueprint, your fave podcast for all the Gen Z black girl tea. My name's Lauren. And my name is McKean. And thanks for tuning in to today's episode. So today we're really just going to get into the realities of being in your 20s, the pressures that come with that, both, you know, by the world and the pressures that we put on ourselves. And, you know, just chat. Like, it's it's tough. And, you know, with school about to start and everything, it's on our minds. So mm-hmm. Definitely. And I feel like even if you're not 20 yet, anyone who's in college, about to start college, even high school, you kind of feel that pressure to, like, know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you haven't really even lived life yet. So we thought that that was something that we needed to talk about. And McKinley and we have our feelings about all of that. So (laughs) before we get into unpacking all of that, we're getting into today's Read the Room, Mm -hmm. our fave segment on this show. So McKean, please, what are we talking about today? Let me know. So first, for anyone who is new here, our Read the Room segment is, you know, how we open each show where we just check-in. Sometimes we talk about pop culture and what's going on in Mm -hmm. our lives. Other times we'll respond to you guys and like what you guys have going on, whether it's questions or confessions or whatever it might be. But today what we're going to talk about is really just our personal lives, just a check-in. There's a lot of change happening in the world right now and a lot of like, you know, just I feel like fast-paced like things going on. So we just thought we'd take a moment to slow down, check in with each other, check in with y'all. So Lauren, how you doing? What's going on in your world? Yeah, girl, speaking of change, I just moved back to New York. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I love New York so, so much. I mean, moving was the absolute worst. I think I woke up on the day that I came to New York. I woke up at 5 a.m. Oh, no. Didn't get into my room until like 12 hours later. I had to go and run like Apple store. And they were like, you can't come if you don't have an appointment. There's just so many things happened in Mm. a row that just went just a mess a mess I'm so but sorry I got settled and yeah that's that but we're not gonna be back you know um just been spending a lot of time the room that they have me quarantining in is nice because I have to quarantine for oh my goodness but that's like so that means you can't leave like you literally cannot leave that room I can't leave the room I I don't understand. I feel like I should know this better now, but I think I can't leave the building because yesterday I had to go downstairs in the lobby to get my food. So I think I can leave the room. 
It's kind right. of counterintuitive. I also have to do my laundry and I also have to take my trash to the basement. So they didn't think about this. They didn't think all of that through, but I have my own kitchen and my own bathroom. So okay. that's very nice. I can't cook, so the kitchen won't be getting used, but it's still nice to like know I have it there. You can't cook. Like I can't cook. Girl. I cannot I cannot cook. Girl. <laughs> Wait, let's not let's not shame Lauren today, but I can't cook. And people get on me. Well, peep by people, I mean like my family. My mom's like, how can you not cook? But yeah, no, I can make cereal. I can make breakfast. Okay. Can't, can't. Listen, okay. I can make like the necessity. It's to the point where like I wouldn't starve, <laughs> but I'm not like a chef in the kitchen. I can make breakfast. I know how to make like eggs. Okay, I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> that's it. Okay, but that's we're all I got. Roast you today. Okay, we're not going to roast you. But Keith, how about you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I've exposed myself too much. I can't. <laughs> we we going to get back to that. <laughs> but I'm doing well. I'm currently in North Carolina visiting my mom, which has been so nice. My mom and yes. I are super close, and it's been like six months, like all of quarantine since I have seen her. So it's mm-hmm. been so nice to be, you know, down here and spend time with her. We've been spending a lot of time outside. Like, I'm not, Yay. I love nature. Like, as, as I've said in past episodes, like, I love to garden, but I don't love being outdoors. Like, I don't like bugs. But we've been spending <laughs> a lot of time outside. Like, she did up her whole backyard. So, like, the other night we watched Black is King for, like, the 20th time on a projector oh. out there. And we went on a hike. Uh-huh. And, like, we went to Lake Norman and... Yesterday, we went to Asheville, North Carolina, which is like in the mountains. It was cute. So, so cute. I feel like I've seen a lot of, you know, the scenery and the the lakes and all of that. But I've seen a whole lot uh-huh. of bugs, which is crazy. The other thing that I did this week that was so fun, we went to a drive-in zoo. Because it's been hard to, oh, like, yeah. you know, think of stuff that's COVID safe to do, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, not in the house. So, this zoo, you just... You stay in your car the whole time. You go in, you buy like a cup of food to feed the animals. And then it's just this path. And like all of these animals just start walking up to your car. So like this horse is walking up to us. Like all these deer were walking (laughs) up to us. There were bulls. Like it was kind of crazy because they were vicious. And it was dinner time too. So they all smelled like tomatoes. And their breath would be Uh, hot. (laughs) (laughs) Why why tomatoes? Were you feeding them? They would just know. Literally the people that run the zoo were giving them like lettuce and tomatoes there was just huge piles of like salad <laughs> for all the animals <laughs> to eat and so we came at wow. dinner time but they still wanted our little snacks so they would come up to the car and I could see the tomato on like the cow's face and I was just like you better back up get a little too close to me <laughs> but it was, was so fun here, it was so fun I'm gonna have to share I'm gonna have to post some more of those because there was a point where like <laughs> I had we'd had the sunroof of the car open and mm-hmm. like, because I wanted to stand out of it to see the animals, but I didn't think about how tall camels are. So I was about to stand out of the sunroof at one point and I look up and this whole camel head is in the car. Like it was crazy. It was crazy, but it was so fun. It was so uh, fun. I think I might go back though. next week. <laughs> we love it. How long are you staying there for? You said, wait, like another week? Like, yeah, another week. Weeks? So like two weeks total, which is clutch mm-hmm. because I'm starting the school year here. And like me and my mom, mm-hmm. my mom's a professor. So me and my mom are starting the school year at the same time. Shout mm-hmm. out mom, because I know you're listening. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. That's so cute. Wait, what does she teach? She teaches Africana studies. So black studies. Oh, I love that for her. her thing. Yes. So that's where I get it from. <laughs> yes. Um, that's so exciting. Also, tell me about, I want to hear the story. You'd mentioned it when we were 
um, texting. I want to hear about the Confederate Mountains. Oh Please my God. let me know, bro. So that's the other part of being down here beyond like the crazy heat is that you'll just be driving on these roads that are so <laughs> expansive. And I don't know about anyone, like maybe if you're from the South, this is normal, but I'm from the Northeast. Like if I drive three hours, I'm in a whole different state. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do this whole like drive three hours within the same state thing. And we were driving to Asheville and I'm seeing like this huge Confederate flag, like all these Trump flags, like pickup trucks would be zooming past us with Trump flags on them. And it was, cr- I was like, I don't have no business here. Like, <laughs> this is not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I would have been terrified. Oh it my was goodness. crazy. The whole time I was like, every, honestly, every person I saw, I was like, how do you feel about me being here? Because I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly. I feel that though. I was in Florida to, to get to New York. I had to go through Florida and I saw so much of those like billboards that were like supporting Trump. And I was like, oh, uh, I, I don't know that it's open about it. I thought right. being a Trump supporter, like I thought you keep that to yourself, you uh-uh, know, but they no. just out and open. Mm-mm. I'm just Oh my goodness. I, I want to go to a zoo though. You have me inspired to go and see Honestly, animals again. It's so fun. I'm going to go next week again. So I'm going to post. That's so cute. <laughs> I want to see all the pictures. That's so cute. I love that. We love animals. Yes, um, we do. Classes are starting though. This mm. is what, this is what, and I feel like it's worth talking about. How are you feeling about it? About classes, man. I always Our online classes. Thing. I always do this thing where mm. like, I don't read the stuff that they send to me in advance until like the morning of. So I have been getting a bunch of emails from my professors like, watch my welcome video or like make sure you read through the syllabus or like fill out this Google response form for the class. On Tuesday. As far as I know, classes Mm -hmm. start on the 8th. Yes, on Tuesday. It is Sunday. I don't do it. Why am I doing stuff for you? (laughs) Anyways, I mean, maybe I should be doing it for me. But Mm -hmm. I mean, this classes, this remote classes, again, we've talked Mm -hmm. about it a little bit, but like, I don't know how Mm -hmm. to feel like I am excited because I have cool classes lined up I think but yeah you know I'm just praying like that professors are compassionate you know like and I'm Mm -hmm. just I'm kind of extra curious about like even last semester I tweeted about this the other day but it was crazy like last semester a foreign student she had Mm -hmm. had to go back to China after you know COVID hit and everyone had to move off campus and she called into one of my 8 a.m lectures from like a hospital bed in with COVID and I was just like, it was those moments where I was like, how is the school going to remind students that like your GPA is not more important than your health? And so I'm like kind of curious how this is going to play out, play like out. what is going to be different. You know, I don't, I think mm-hmm. Columbia, we both go to Columbia for anyone that doesn't know. And I feel like there's such a, I'm sure this is elsewhere too, but there's such a weird culture of like grind gpa like mm-hmm. i don't know just like oh i don't know what do people call them all-nighters like yeah weird, very overachiever uh, stress culture energy yeah definitely. yeah i've never really felt that that's just not the type of person i am so mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting like to see how that plays out and you know when you can't go to a library and take it have an all-nighter but like yeah. you're just at home doing it or like whatever it might be so I don't know. I'm kind of nervous, yeah. but I'm excited. I think it'll mm-hmm. be okay. It's just going to be like a whole new beast to learn to live with, you know? Yeah. How are you feeling about it? I think pretty much same, honestly, about everything you're saying. I think I do have some cool classes, so I'm excited. Well, I have one cool class. The rest of my classes suck, <laughs> but I have one cool class. It's called um, French Language 
and culture and society through film. So I'm hoping I just get to watch French movies all semester and be like, I like, just give like movie reviews. Um, But I was only taking it because I was supposed to go to Paris next semester. They haven't confirmed nor denied whether or not that is happening. It's probably a no, but I'm like holding out hope. Hopefully we'll get to go. But I'm excited for that. I'm a big procrastinator. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but like my work ethic it's very off and on. It's like, me too. It's like, I won't do work all week and then I'll leave all of my work to one night. But then mm-hmm. that, in that one night, I'll crank it out like it's nothing. So I'm like, if I'd I had spaced this out, I would have been fine. Right. You know? But I totally feel that. That whole stress culture, I felt that heavy when I got here because I'm, I'm from an island. You know, we just, we just mm. be chilling. And I did IB. <laughs> which I thought, you know, would have like prepared me. Wait, what is IB? Oh, it's, oh, I forgot that that's not a thing. Everybody, it's like, it's called the International Baccalaureate, which is like the fancy oh. French would say, but it's like, oh, we 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 a baguette. Anyway, this, this is me preparing for my French. Um, but it's kind of like AP equivalent, I guess, but like the international version. But it's oh, supposed okay, to be like okay, really, really like rigorous, like one of the most rigorous programs that you can do. So I did that. And I took four higher levels when you're only supposed to do, like I was overachieving. You know what I mean? I thought mm. I was checking all the boxes. In high school, right. In high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got here and I was like, I am so far behind literally anything. Like everyone was here was like, oh yeah, I've already interned at Goldman Sachs. Like I've already oh my God. been at Morgan. Like all the, I was with the, the, the finance people, I guess, when mm-hmm. I first got here. And I didn't even have a LinkedIn. And I was like, Oh, I am. I'm way behind everybody else. No, no. That's the thing, though. It's like when you realize that all of these dudes intern at Goldman Sachs because their uncle works there, or like their older brother, or like be a while to learn that. Their dad's friend who owes their dad a favor. It's just like way less impressive. It's like that is so true. And also, LinkedIn. Just like this might be another conversation. Okay. But LinkedIn is the biggest scam of all time. Like, what is the point? Tell. Why I don't do know. we need a LinkedIn in college? I I have one, mm-hmm. and I be thinking every time I log on to it, I'm just like, for what? Like, who's looking at this for real? Like, I still got to send my resume and a cover letter to everybody I applied to. Like, that is true. LinkedIn is just for people to like kind of flex in a weird. It's like a weird. You know, such a weird social media, if you will. I hate that place. <laughs> I don't be logging into my LinkedIn. I don't know what's going on in there. I'll get an email with like, so-and-so wants to connect with you. And I'm like, okay. Right. And then I just connect. I'm like, okay, here you go. I'd be using LinkedIn like I use all the other social media apps, which I feel like is not how you're supposed to do it. But whenever I get requests from people that I do not know, I'm just like, why are you adding me? Like, you don't know <laughs> But the thing I don't like about LinkedIn is they tell you when you view someone's profile. So like, I'll, I'll be like on off. LinkedIn. Well, you can turn that off. Mm-hmm. I turn that off. I was like, I'm a stalk, but I'm gonna do it in private. <laughs> I didn't know you could turn it off. So like, I've been like stalking people, and then I didn't realize this is my first person made my LinkedIn. I didn't know that it would notify people that you looked at their profile. So I was just mm-hmm. going through stalking every and anybody, and then I got a <laughs> notification that someone looked at my profile, and I'm like, wait. They can see that I listen. I exposed myself. I saw so many people on LinkedIn, but never again. We'll not be on the LinkedIn again. <laughs> oh, wait, something else that we have to talk about, which is very, I mean, it's not that, that important, but we did talk about it like a couple weeks ago the high fidelity. I wanted to give yes. you my, my update on the show. Give us I'm, your update. 
I love High Fidelity. That is one of the best shows that I have watched in so, so long. Yes. For anyone who doesn't know, this, oh, is yes. a, this stars Zoe Kravitz. It's I a love great Zoe show Kravitz. on Hulu. I love Zoe Kravitz. She has my whole heart. But her acting was so much better. I mean, I've never seen her anything else, but I don't Me know neither. why I thought she was just like, you know, pretty and it was gonna, you know, but like it was be like dry. <laughs> exactly. I thought she was gonna be like monotone, but in like a pretty face on the screen, but she was so good. Mm. And it was really raw. And I feel like because I love New York so much. Mm. I don't know. It, it just felt very New York to me. It felt like the New York I that I wish I was living. Cause I feel like I'm only <laughs> ever in Manhattan and I'll pop into Brooklyn every now and then, but I don't know the kind of raw representation of it. Also the music I thought was so, so good. Like the music I, was fun. I was like every episode I was shazamming something like literally what is this? I found a playlist on Apple music that had all the songs from them. Yes. Ooh. Girl, I will share with you. It, it, Thank it was you. amazing. You better send me that link. <laughs> I will. But like, I'm a huge indie music stan. I love it. So mm. like a lot. And I feel like the reason why I like it for two reasons, one, because I really like indie movies and I feel like every mm. indie song feels like it could be, like in, in, yes. in an indie movie <laughs> but also like part of that is because I feel like in my head you know I'm the main character and this is you know mm. my movie you're, so you're like I this like, is my high fidelity exactly so I'm like listening to the song as I'm like I'm a really dramatic person so I'm like on the subway just like with my headphones and listening to the song and like staring at the window and I'm like oh my gosh I'm in a Looks movie like <laughs> I'm just like look to the camera I like look dramatically out the window like I'm imagining <laughs> what movie scene this is I'm just bummed because it got canceled. It didn't get it renewed. Did. And mm-hmm. I feel like, like what? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand how that happened. Like, I feel like it just started. I wanted to see all, more of Sharice. Sharice almost, I won't say she carried the show, but she was holding a lot. She of was holding like, a lot of the show. She was honestly like so funny. She was there for, um, she was for Rob, Rob. whenever mm-hmm. she was like just going through it and being a mess and it was just <laughs> like I was just like give us more Sharice like, the entire so show was Rob being two. a mess right honestly <laughs> Rob was a mess, was a mess. <laughs> I felt like I related I related to the mess in in some yeah. ways just because she was dramatic and like I said I am a huge huge drama queen she is really drama <laughs> even her guys of like chill <laughs> exactly when they called her they were like you're messy and I was like true True, but we love Rob. Rob. (laughs) Even her like heartbreak list. I don't want to like spoil it if anyone wants to watch it. But yeah, everyone Uh, go watch it. Yeah, there we go. Go watch. Go stream. I know there won't be a season two. Maybe someone else will pick it up. But go watch season one. It was great. Honestly, I'm glad it didn't end on like a a cliffhanger type thing though. Yeah, I feel like it rounded off pretty okay. Yeah, it's not like a movie. And like could have been a movie. Yes, Mm -hmm. it really could have been a movie. Like. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm gonna start. Spoiling, we're gonna. So yeah, we're gonna okay. talk about that another time. That'll be our private conversation. Anyway, wrapping into today's conversation, yes. which I mean, we kind of talked about a little bit when we were talking about like LinkedIn and classes, mm-hmm. but this whole conversation about having your whole life together by the early 20s. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe we should start the conversation just talk a little bit, I guess, personally about ourselves, but like mm-hmm. in terms of our goals and what we are aspiring to, I guess, or like what our definition of like having our lives together would look like. So right. Akeen, if you had to like 
I hate these questions. I feel like we ask them all the time, <laughs> but like, where do you see yourself in like five to 10 years? What do you want to be doing? I know. Well, hopefully I've graduated. It's bare minimum. <laughs> bare minimum. <laughs> we love that. Manifest but, that. Go ahead, girl. Honestly, whenever I hear these questions, I'm like, bro, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Five years, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. But basically, I guess where I see myself in five years, hopefully still in New York because I love New York. And mm-hmm. like you said, like there's just a, an energy that it brings to me. Like I love when I get there after a break or something, I'm just like, ah, like revitalized, like ready. Yeah. So hopefully there, um, I, I don't know, maybe like, I, I mean, this is unrealistic for five to 10 years, but I want to be the boss somewhere. I like, I see that for you. I don't want to work for anybody. So as early as I can maybe manage to do that, that would be bomb. Yeah. Or maybe like on the tracks to do that, that would be great as well. I have no idea. Maybe working in like media or journalism, question mark. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I can say for now. <laughs> How about you? What I do you see, see yourself? For you. Thanks. For me? <laughs> no, for, I do see that for you 100%. I feel like with what you do with Black Girl Culture, I could see you as like the CEO of some type of like, magazine oh, like vogue but like um, my head is better. growing i love that for you no I, we're here to hype you up girl i see it 100 percent. i think for me i've kind of always divided my goals into like two avenues because growing up my mom told me i couldn't do both which is i guess we'll get into mm. that conversation but i feel like i have i'm bob sullivan the new host of aarp's the perfect scam podcast and with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. My academic goals and like my creative goals mm-hmm. kind of separate. So I think academically with what I'm doing with sustainability, I definitely, I think I might want to go to law school. Possibly. Ooh. I know. Listen, I mean, that's a big maybe, but possibly law school, possibly grad school um, to just do, I think I want to do environmental justice. So whether that's like mm. environmental law or maybe working with a nonprofit or working with the UN, I think social and environmental sustainability yes. for like underprivileged communities and like finding ways to like, whether that's like creating like international policy or whether that's like, mm. you know, I love it. Whatever love that it. is. Or both. Or both or all. We do everything. Yeah. I think that's where my I'm academic goal is. I don't know what the position that that is called is but it's we'll find out in five (laughs) to ten years if if i make it like you said graduating the bare minimum online classes go and see if i graduate but (laughs) i think my creative goals though which were like i feel like always the bigger goals was i want to act so bad i want to be in my own like high fidelity and i think i've been acting 
well, my whole life, because like I said, I've said this three times already. I'm a huge drama, drama queen. But <laughs> I did like plays in high school. Um, I was just acting whenever I could. So I think acting and modeling were kind of my creative goals. They were like, kind mm. of hard to get into when you're not American, which I think is something that people, I guess, don't talk about enough. But like when yeah. you're an international student, you're very, very limited in what you can do. Because I think part of the whole reason why I came to New York was because I wanted to act and because I wanted mm. to model. And then I got here and the type of visa that I'm on to study here is called an F1 visa. And that basically means that I can't get a job unless it's on campus. I can oh. either work on campus or if I work off campus, it's called like OPT and it has to be like related to my major. And you only get a year of OPT. So most people do that oh, after no. they graduate to help them find a new, it's like a very big mess, but basically I'm very, very limited in like the opportunities that I can take. So even something simple, like um, my friends were talking about like, yeah, let's just go be like extras in a show and then like go like you know mm. send tapes to these places and I'm like I can't do that because I can't legally oh, wow. work here so I don't know it's, it's hard and it's difficult and it just sucks being in New York too because like, like I said I came here for those opportunities and now it's like they're like looking me right in the face and I'm like mm-hmm. mm. like I think last semester I got an email from a modeling agency and they were like, we want you to come in and do a casting or whatever. And I was like, okay, period. So I went in (laughs) and whatever. And then I told them that I was an international student and I was on a visa and they were like, oh, okay. Um, Well, maybe like once you get, they were like, "Mm," because it's complicated for them because they have to do like under the table type. And they're like, no, there's no agency wants to do that. if If they could find like another girl who, they wouldn't have to put in that extra work for. So Dang. long oh. story short, those are my two avenues. We'll see. Period. I see it for you. I see you in your high fidelity dreams. Have you found like ways to act on campus or anything? Or I like, was, have so you, I was, is the theater scene on campus cool? I went, tried to do a theater thing. When was that? I think it was last semester too. I auditioned for, you have to audition for your classes and I auditioned for, a musical theater class but they only allow mm-hmm. like it was a sh- small number I think it was like 12 or 14 people in the class and there were like oh. a lot of us who graduated like auditioned for the class and most of them were theater majors and I'm like oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so, obsessed they were not letting me in the class so that was mm-hmm. it but I don't know maybe I'll find I'm other also ways here for the sustainability dreams I see you not that you aren't already as the face of a new sustainability movement that the world is like in need of. Cause I mean, we talked about this before and this is not necessarily for this conversation, but I think you do a great job of like humanizing and grounding the conversations of sustainability that often like happen just up here. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. often like are taking place in like the theoretical and like aren't accessible to people and, you know, don't think about things like race or Mm -hmm. income or like class or whatever it might be. So I'm here for that. We already appreciate you for that. And my head's growing too. We'll see. (laughs) We're going to take over the world. I love that for us. Period. All right. So I guess another thing that comes to mind is like the pressures that, you know, if we're talking about our twenties, there's this pressure of like 
feeling you need to get, you know, I need to have my life together right now, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. My life just needs to be together in this moment. Like I need to have a stacked resume. Like I need to do this, that, and the third, Mm -hmm. like you said, like I need to intern at Goldman Sachs or like whatever it is. So yeah. Have you ever felt like, you know, I'm thinking about myself, like I thought sometimes of like, dang, you know, when I turned 20, I was like, dang, like, should I, I'm almost 30. Like, should I be doing all this stuff? Like, da, 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 da. It's not like, no, duh. But like, I'm curious, like, how has that happened for you? Like, how has that shown up for you in your life? Mm -hmm. Like this pressure of like, dang, I'm almost 20 or like, you know, I'm almost done with college. Like I need to be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. No, for me, I feel like I'm terrified of turning 20 like terrified, terrified, like scared <laughs> that, cause I feel Mm-mm. like for me, the end of my teen years is literally like, I guess that like, like transition, I guess, into adulthood, mm-hmm. like adulthood, adulthood, which I don't know. I think part of me feels like I'm not ready for it, I guess, because it's like once I turn 20, it's like, you're not a teenager anymore. It's time to get yourself together. But another part right. of it is also like, maybe that I'm getting too old as in like, my teen years are my prime, I suppose. And I guess mm. you see people, um, I'm thinking about, I don't know, there's just so many people who are younger than me, I think, who have already done the things that I want to do. I think that kind right. of gets into your head. It's like, maybe I'm getting too old now. Like, maybe mm. I've already passed the point, I guess, where it's like, you know, I'm not right. the best years to do these things. And I think some of that does come from society has this whole thing where they create this idea that women lose value as they age I guess Mm -hmm. honestly feeling like you're getting old at 20 is a universal thing and not necessarily like tied to a gender but especially I know you'll see those tweets of like oh my gosh she's 30 and she still looks so good it's like 30 is not old 30 30, you know what I mean or the idea that like oh my gosh I don't know, like, these are your prime years. You have to, like, make the use of them while you can. It's like, you know, aging should be a good thing, but men don't typically have to do with that. They say, like, you know, men are in their prime when they're in their 30s or whatever. Or, you know, like, men, you know, like, gain or, you know, add value as they age and women decrease value. But I Mm -hmm. think as much as I'm, you know, fighting the patriarchy, I think part of me has internalized (laughs) that, especially in... I think beauty has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Thinking like, okay, if I want to like, say, let's do modeling or acting, honestly, anything in general, I have to do it while I'm still, you know, in my good years. And right. I don't know. Being, I, it's I'm, tough. I'm trying to like get rid of that mentality that like aging is a bad thing, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about yeah. it? Well, that's interesting because my dad growing up always like, I don't know why he used to say this, but he would always say, I actually think he got it from my grandpa, but he would always say the only thing worse than getting older is not. Yeah. And it's kind of a morbid thing, like, because it's like, you're either getting older or like you are not aging at all. Right. (laughs) But it's also like, I, because he said that to me when I was younger, I was kind of, I had been able to like internalize the fact that like growing up is exciting like this is you know I always kind of am of the belief that like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now mm-hmm. which is I think you know when I, when I do feel those moments of pressure like I remind myself of that like the only thing worse than getting older is not and like I'm where I need to be you know on my own timeline whatever that's going to look like I have no idea what it will look like like I said like I have no idea what it's going to be like five years from now but like 
I know I'm where I'm supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I feel you know, from a young age, like I was always really excited to grow up, not in a rush, but like I, I really did listen to, you know, the ways that like the older people in my family would talk about their youth and, you know, I would listen to them in that, like, I could see that they yearned for it in a way, like they feel like maybe they wasted those years or like they wish they could go back. But I also like really admired the elders in my family. Like I'm thinking I've grown up with my great grandma. She's still alive. She also like is now a great, great grandma because my cousin just had a baby, but it's like seeing her and like, yeah. So she's like 80. She's almost, she must. I don't actually know. She might be like 90. I'm sorry. That's terrible. But that's all right. Like I love her and I love like when I look in her face, I see, you know, the wisdom of years. And I Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm so excited to like gain that in me, Mm -hmm. but not in a rush way. And like, I don't know, even when we were younger, I'm sure you did this too. Like my any babysitter I had or like any girl like that was in high school that would talk to me, like that was older than me, especially a black girl, like it was just like the world you know like I was so hyped to be where they were but not again I never felt like oh my god I need to be there now like I really was just like I can't wait like I can't wait to grow up like even now I'm always like I can't wait to be 30 and like living in my little brownstone in Brooklyn or something like Mm -hmm. I can't wait for the path that gets me there more so Mm -hmm. than just like I want to be there right now so I think you know I've always I've always been taught that like your youth is golden, but that's not it. You know, life Mm -hmm. continues to happen at every stage and like the life part of it is what's the fun part. So I think, you know, I I tried to learn from, you know, when you hear like your grandparents be like, well, don't waste your young years. Like, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. And like, I feel like what you hear a lot is that they wish they just were, would be in that time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they wish they didn't have those pressures. So I feel like you know, I don't know if I actually even answered the question, but you know, the pressure of like having to have our lives together too early is like, Mm -hmm. I have faith that it'll be okay. And like, I have faith that I'm supposed to be here right now. And I I don't want to look back on these years and be like, dang, I wish I just chilled a little bit more or like, oh, wow. I wish I had just like done some of the things that I wanted, you know, like I, Mm -hmm. I have that belief that kind of like you were saying of like, yes, this is my this isn't my prime. Like, I don't believe, I I don't, I hope I don't peak until I'm like 75 or older, but like, these are years that I will never experience in this way. And like, that's exciting and daunting, but like what I know I'm going to try to avoid to do, the only thing that I can control really is like how I'll remember them for myself. And like Mm -hmm. what I try to think of, like, what will I want to look back on my college time, like my time in college and do. And it's not like, wasting time on like gossip or whatever or like you know stacking my resume so full that like I don't have time to hang out with my friends it's like mm-hmm. uh, sort of you know that well-rounded like mm-hmm. I want to try things out I want to go to all the places that I like have dreamt about going like that type of thing so I feel like yes there is that pressure for sure absolutely of like dang uh, like I need to have my resume this and that and the third but like like I said at the beginning, when I look around and I see, you know, our peers doing all of this stuff that like all the crazy stuff that they do. And I mean, even, even both of us, like we'll get into that, but like <laughs> both of us have, are definitely overachievers and that's something. But mm-hmm. when I see like, you know, my, my roommate interning at whatever, 
I can't think of anything beyond Goldman Sachs right now. But I keep saying it, but like, I'm just like, okay, like good for you. That's not where I'm meant to be right now. Like, yeah. I don't need that right now. Or, or if I do think I need that, I'm kind of like, why? Mm-hmm. And then I realize I don't. Like, I don't. I don't need that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is a process. You know, like of trying to unlearn the things that you are taught. Like you said, like especially being women and like thinking that, oh my god, like people are supposed to meet their husbands like in their 20s and like they're supposed to like have kids and like da, 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 da. And I'm just like girl like I feel like I'm 12 I feel like I'm 12 this that, is not where, that's not where I'm meant to be at all mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that though especially what you were saying I think even think about the past two years that I've had at college the things that I remember the most and the things that mean the most to me aren't like the all-nighters I pulled in law library preparing for a test I remember you know, the nights I went out with my friends and I had a great time or when I tried a new restaurant that I really loved. And I think something we have to unlearn too, which I guess, you know, the capitalist society that we lived in is <laughs> that everything that you do has to be, you know, productive in the way of, you know, making money or making you more successful mm-hmm. when that isn't what produ- productivity needs to be. You know what I mean? Like being productive doesn't have to be working towards an end goal towards a career it could just be a fun night out like the end goal could just be having a good time and I think that's definitely Mm -hmm. something to unlearn I think what I'm also getting from what you're saying is like it's more about the journey than the destination it's about like enjoying the ride I suppose that's a very like cliche way of saying it but (laughs) I think that's that's true Mm -hmm. and it's so important and I think as we're trying to unpack I guess we've kind of talked about it a little bit more, I mean, already, but while we're trying to unpack, you know, what these feelings are that we're feeling as we're getting older and feeling like we're out of our prime, I think it's also a little bit more of unpacking like where these feelings come from. And I think Mm -hmm. for me personally, like you said, we're overachievers, but (laughs) in my life, um, I was always the young girl because, Mm -hmm. you know, I started school early, I skipped a grade. and, you know, I was okay, always like, but not to say that, but I always feel like it's kind of like a, not like a humble brag kind of way, but mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of like unpacking within myself recently, you know, on that, you know, self-care journey. We love it. And I think as I'm starting to learn myself a little bit more, as I try to grow a large part of my overachiever mentality came because I was you know, like, I was always a young girl. So I was always two years younger than everybody around Mm -hmm. me. Like I was 12 in the ninth grade. And that was like something that I guess I derived value from is the Mm -hmm. fact that I was, you know, ahead of people who were older than me. So I, Mm -hmm. I guess I kind of internalized that idea that, you know, if you do something which is the same as somebody else, but you're younger when you do it, then it's like more impressive. So Mm -hmm that's played into my overachiever mentality where it's like, I have to keep that up, you know, like, because I'm younger, I have to keep accomplishing things at a young age. So also I think part of that too, is like having to grow up really fast. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's talked about enough. I mean, for me personally, like I said, it was growing up fast because I skipped grades and I was trying to socially trying to adjust to being with people older than me. But I think as black girls in general, there is this pressure to like grow up really fast and not, mm-hmm. not necessarily not enjoy your childhood, but you have to learn things. I feel like you don't have the same room 
to mess up or to figure things out because people always just expect you to know and just to automatically feel things. So yeah, I think that for me is on a personal level where it comes from. And I think on a broader level, why there are so many people our age feeling this way is because of social media. And I think it's really important to understand the role that social media plays in this because I don't know. I mean, I'm sure this was always something that, you know, our ancestors or, you know, our grandparents, parents felt with social media, being able to like to compare yourself to other people is so much more accessible. Like I yes. find myself all the time thinking about, you know, the, the 15 and 16 year old TikTokers who are now like millionaires because yep. a video of them dancing not very well went viral right. and now they're just yes you know millionaires and getting deals with like Vogue and Prada and all right. these things and most of the time they're white most of the time they're yeah. they're white and they're skinny and that is why they get and these taking opportunities black content. and taking black content we talked about this in episode two but we're not we're not gonna yeah. let it go <laughs> but I'm but for me seriously I think I think about that a lot and I hate how much that I guess kind of gets to me sometimes where Mm. it's like, you know, these are like 15 year olds who already are like making millions of dollars. And here I am not being that like quote unquote successful. So when like you can see them on Instagram where they're like 19 with a Tesla or something. And I'm like, damn, I'm here just in my room with my, I mean, I have a new laptop now, but with my old beat up, you know, five-year-old laptop trying to like, they're doing the things that I want to do. So I think, yeah, social media makes it tough. These YouTube, these, TikTok, these Instagram stars. Yeah. Honestly, that's interesting because I feel like the only place that I've ever felt the pressure of, you know, needing to move more quickly in my life than I currently was, was on the internet. And mm-hmm. it was tough because like I created Black Girl Culture in 2014, my freshman year of high school. And, you know, at school, I was in the exact same place as all of my peers. Like none of us were getting jobs. None of us were building our like resumes. Like we're in our freshman year of high school. Like, you know, this is it, you know, we're on sports teams maybe, or like mm-hmm. we might have a couple extracurriculars, but that's it. But then I would like log onto the internet and like, as black girl culture grew it and became a platform rather than just like a space that I like when the word platform started to be used in reference to it, I was like, Oh, shoot, like, hold on, I'm in high school. None of y'all know that I'm in high school, (laughs) but, like, I am. And, you know, I'm seeing other, like, comparable platforms now that, like, somehow I'm equivalent to at this point, but, like, it still, for me, was just, like, something that I made for me. Like, I just wanted to chat. Like, I went to a white high school. Like, I just wanted to talk about Black girl things on my own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I didn't know. Like, it was a lot of pressure of, like, dang, like, well, now I'm, uh, this, you know, like all the titles, like the platform fa- creator, founder, whatever. And like, you see all of these other platforms partnering with like Nike. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. In like, you know, monetizing this, that, and the third, and like, you know, having a whole team and like all of this stuff. Whereas, like, in real life, I didn't feel any of that. Like, I didn't feel like when I was surrounded by my literal like peers age wise, <laughs> I didn't feel that pressure of like needing to do anything different than I was. But like, when you log on the internet, like you said, it's like social media gives us the impression that like things are just happening so quickly and like people are becoming famous, you know, like in an instant and like, you know, an Instagram following is making them thousands of dollars. And you see people with like this photos of people on the timeline with like their keys and like their new house. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's got my first new house at like age 12. <laughs> Real. <laughs> Real. It's like, dang, like I don't even want a new house, but like, should I want a new house? Or, exactly. Like, and the thing is like, actually, even to this day, like a lot of people ask me about, with black girl culture, like, why don't you monetize it? Or like, why don't you like, I haven't made a cent off of it. And I don't, Mm. that's not, and and maybe I will one day, maybe I won't, but I'm not really in a rush to, because that's not why I made it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes then it's like, I start to question, like, do I, should I want these things for myself? Like, is Mm -hmm. this something I want? Even though it's not something that was generated internally, you know what I mean? Like it's not a motivation that I myself had. It was rather like, dang, like, should I want to buy a house because I see other people my age buying a house or mm-hmm. not that I'm in no position to buy a house. Let's no, not no, no. To, that cannot happen. <laughs> that is not going to happen. So like, it's also the added level of like, should I want to slash like, can I? And most times the can I is no, but no. like, you know. <laughs> that brownstone is, is for real. No, that brownstone is at least 10 years out. <laughs> but for real, like social media makes things mm-hmm tough it makes it feel like you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. something else and I also feel like I'm even thinking about the college process and mm, you know that process of like applying to college and like that whole thing and you know you're supposed to have x amount of volunteer hours and you're supposed to have x amount of like extracurricular activities that go beyond sports at this point when mm-hmm. just freshman year like it was okay that I was just on the soccer team you know what I mean so like yeah. a lot of like it was that sort of quickness in high school whereas like freshman and sophomore like you're okay okay you're chilling junior year like oh my god SATs like um ACTs and then by senior year you're supposed to have like this or at least at my school this is what it felt like yeah like you're supposed to have you know some volunteer experience like a range of volunteer experience you're supposed to have like xyz on your resume this Mm -hmm. is actually senior year was the only time where I actually started telling people about black girl culture even though it had been running for years Mm -hmm. and like that was only because like my college counselor was like, wait, you have a following, like you have a platform. And I was like, I guess mm-hmm. and she was like, well, you need to put that on your resume. Like you need to be telling colleges this, like, this might be what gets you in. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. type of thing. And it was just like, ah, like, yeah. I don't know what yeah. this means. Like, why can't I just apply to college with my grades? Or like, why do you even need anything more, mm-hmm. you know, to get there? And then you get to college and you see like, you know, like all of my peers who you know, I went to a wealthy school in high school, but like 
the wealth that I saw elsewhere was crazy. Which I think I'll talk about later, but it was just Ooh. like, dang, like I can't afford to buy myself anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that. like I literally like I can sometimes I'm like, do I get the guac at Chipotle or same? No, I never I never <laughs> get the guac at Chipotle. <laughs> I feel so like it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. And it's like it's tough when especially like you're saying, like the internet really does skew things. Mm-hmm. And it's partly because people aren't logging on to the internet to tell their horror stories. People aren't mm-hmm. logging on to the internet to tell their struggle. None of us do. Like I would, yeah. if I'm going through it, I'm not posting nothing to let nobody know. Exactly. Like I'm going through it and I'm going to post what I'm better. Like, so mm-hmm. I think it's tough when you, like we know this, but it's mm-hmm. still like, dang, like all I'm seeing is like, dang, this person got this deal and like this person, which I'm happy for y'all. I'm, I, I love yeah, seeing yeah. it for real, but then it's also like, dang, like, should, should I be doing that? that? I feel like the internet also like makes you see, I think it's like an instant gratification. Like I was talking to Mm -hmm. somebody about it, but when thinking about, you know, the content that I put on EcoGal, for example, like people Mm -hmm. aren't going, you know, on the internet for like to read, I guess Instagram as an app, especially to read something really, really long. Like they want that information really, really quickly and then to move about their day. So I think because social media has us in this thing of, you know, you can log on and then something happens really, really quickly. I think we expect the same thing as well when it comes to the process. And I think Mm. the process of getting successful with, you know, seeing all these people who just get like, you know, success overnight, we think it should happen overnight for me too. Not, you know, understanding fully the way that like things take time. So yeah, I think that it really, really plays into it. And it's not just, you know, that I need to be there, but it's that I need to be there right now. And that's, it's right. Tough. I mm-hmm. think that raises an interesting, like, question of not only, like, the external pressures that are placed on us, you know, by comparison or, mm-hmm. you know, by certain narratives of, like, where you're supposed to be in college, like, the college process, you know, other things that sort of are beyond our control, if you will. But, like, the pressures that we put on ourselves, like, as we mm-hmm. mentioned a couple times in this episode, like, we both, we for are sure, are, like, overachievers, which is good and bad. It's and, like, fun. I think that's something to unpack. So I'm kind of curious, like, how does that sort of self-pressure, is that, is that a word? Self-pressure? Yeah, self, yeah. <laughs> Internal. Okay, that sounds it's wrong in my head. <laughs> We're going to call it a word. It's fine. Okay. So how does that, like, self-pressure, if you will, sort mm-hmm. of show up in your life and, like, change how you think about your own journey all the time way way too too often I think I've always been like this definitely and I think part of it was I guess pressure put on me by my family I guess not to call out my family but I don't think my mom's listening but I think there is kind of a pressure that I always felt like I said as being an over I want to know what the word is because I'm not about to call myself a prodigy on here and make this but like I can't Mm -hmm. I don't know what to call it but I was very ahead academically of everyone my age in like the first grade right so I think that kind of gave me a pedestal that I kept having to like achieve so when it came to like the pressure that my family put on me it's like you always have to be up there you always have to be you know this much ahead of everybody else who's, you know, in set with you. So I think mm-hmm. when I had that all through primary school, which I think is a very, very young age to feel that pressure to excel academically, I think that has transferred itself 
into how I view mm. myself now where it's like, I'm never satisfied with anything that I accomplish. Like I can do it all. And like, I can tick every box, like every extracurricular right. you can think of. And that's kind of what my college application like looked like. I was <laughs> writing that application and I was like, you've done MUN, even though pretty much everyone's done MUN, but like you did MUN, you, you know, volunteered at this place, you did this thing. And I was, you know, going through all of mm. that. And I was like, you've done a lot of stuff, but nothing feels like enough. So with how I view work now, I have a very, very, we're getting mm. personal now, but I have a very, very unhealthy relationship with work. And it's like, I can, you know, sit here all day and say right. that like, you know, I'm a procrastinator <laughs> and all that. And all of that is true. I definitely do wait until the last minute to mm. do things, but that's because I put too much stuff on my plate. Like I will want to do any and everything. I have a to-do list in my phone. It's like, I found it especially mm-hmm. a lot this summer, which is why I'm saying yes. I've done the internal thinking because with EcoGal like blowing up so quickly, I found mm-hmm. myself like every waking moment, I was like, I need to be doing this for EcoGal. I need to be sending this email. I need right. to be doing this. And it was to the point where I felt guilty when I wasn't doing work. So if I decided to like, I don't know, take mm-hmm. the day off and watch Netflix, first of all, I wasn't taking any days off, which was really, really mm-hmm. unhealthy which is also one of the things I'm worried about with like working from home type thing. It's like, there's no one to stop me from, you know, working and doing anything, but yeah, I just wouldn't take any days off. I was like, okay, this needs to be growing. Like it would hit like, let's say like 30 K followers. And I'm like, okay, I need to hit 40 K now. I need to hit 50 K. And I found that every time I accomplished something, I would never just take the time and like sit in that, and like congratulate myself and celebrate yourself. I just yeah. like, okay, what's next? So I comment like, what's the next thing for me to get? So mm-hmm. yeah, I put too much stuff on my plate. I never celebrate myself. I find myself never really living in the moment and always like looking to the future to see what's next. And it makes me feel like right. That's real. I don't know. I think I place a lot of value in success in that way. In terms of like, I'm not yeah, like a valuable person if I'm not like more money or gaining more followers or Mm -hmm. getting this deal or getting that deal or even a school's about to start. Like if I'm not getting these grades, I put so much pressure on myself when it comes to grades. I think it's because like I said, academic success, Mm -hmm. like in high school, I was like straight A's. This is easy. Then I got to college. My first test I ever took bombed. When I tell you that was awful i mean it was a bad class. Oh. i mean it was a mess it was a mess <laughs> it was probably the professor's problem yeah right i'm not blaming myself how could i you know <laughs> but I'm saying, no i bombed that test it was absolutely awful and i was so bent out of shape or i was just like oh my goodness i got my first i think i got like a c and i was like i've never mm. seen this grade before what am i gonna do and it just i felt like crap i was like wow like all of my value is gone. Do I even deserve to be here? The imposter syndrome set in. And I was like, oh my goodness, Lauren, you, yeah, you're, you're a terrible student. You suck. <laughs> I'm just, right. I'm really, really hard on myself. And I think I'm definitely, definitely my hardest critic in terms right. of the fact that I was having a conversation with somebody else about this too, but it's like, I beat myself so much over, like, I guess we we'll use EcoGal as an example. Like, 
if an mm-hmm. eco post doesn't get as many likes as my last post or if my followers aren't growing as quickly or I guess if I'm not getting like as good of a grade or whatever mm-hmm. I'm like oh my gosh you suck and I guess I sometimes feel like other people can see that too and they're like oh my gosh she's not as successful as she used to be or sucks when like in reality nobody pays attention to that nobody no. sees that stuff except for me so yeah. all of that long spiel of unpacking <laughs> and a, a little bit of therapy for me I guess for but, real. yeah no, overachiever that's, that's real mm-hmm. it's like I think you know one point of like what you said and I, I can definitely relate to is one is just the pressure again of the internet but like as a quote-unquote content creator with yeah. whatever that means but it's like, you know, you have to post every day or like the algorithm will like hate you or like your mm-hmm. post will be sent to the bottom and like you have to post this and like you have to then, you know, become a graphic designer and like, mm-hmm. a, you know, it's just like a lot. It's a lot. It really mm-hmm. is a lot of pressure. And I, I don't know how or why that began. I don't even think it makes sense for a post to go up every day or an article to be written every day. Like that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's excessive in my head. But it's a lot of that, that pressure is so real. Like I know, you know, it was, I made black culture again, like I said, years ago. And I, I'm still wary of how much I subscribe to those like notions of like, you have to post like this or like you have to post these things because I don't, I'm always super conscious of like, I made this with the goal of it feeling like a space for me to feel at home. And like, if any point, it doesn't like I'm not doing it right. So I try to remind myself of that, but it's also it's it's daunting and like like you said with school and you know growing up and sort of being like that one who was always getting A's and like mm-hmm. for me you know academic pressure was never a huge issue because academics like you said just came naturally to me. Like I didn't really have to study super hard or like you know, I did study, like I did the work, but like, I wasn't ever like on myself of like, I kind of was a little kind of truthful of myself. I was like, I know I'm gonna get an A on that test. Like I'm gonna do it. And like, you know, there were Mm -hmm. moments where I was like, dang, like that overconfidence actually did me a disservice because I didn't prepare as much as I could have. Or like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, I don't know, even with like my content sometimes, like I just, I like to be a go with the flow person and like do things as they come to mind, which sometimes is helpful, but sometimes is daunting. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, the added layer of like, like you said, with the procrastination, I feel like for me, it, my procrastination shows up when I'm like overwhelmed. And like, when I look at my, you know, to-do list, like you said, and I'm like, shoot, there's a lot on there. There's mm-hmm. something been on there for a minute that I've just been ignoring because like, for some reason, it's not even like a hard thing. Like for me, it's like even sending email responses. Like, mm-hmm. I know I have to respond to this person. I know they sent me an email two months ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> But every day I'm going to think about it and I'm just like not going to do it. And then it's like in my head, I'm kind of like, well, why? You're only hurting yourself. Like, you know what you have to do and you're just not doing it. So it's kind of then it's like, ah, uh, like now I'm like putting, you know, it's like I'm conscious of it, but I'm trying not to be conscious of it, which means I'm just like blowing it off. So that's mm-hmm. like definitely how my sort of pressure on myself shows up in my life. But I've always, you know, like we both said, I've also always been the overachiever. And I think, you know, up until college for me, it was kind of like, I wasn't trying to achieve necessarily or trying to be an overachiever. It was just like, I had so many interests and my parents definitely encouraged me to explore them. So like, I love playing piano. So I would do the jazz group and like, 
black girl culture kind of grew out of the same thing. Like I had loved having these conversations. So I was just like, well, let me just make something for it. Or like, I was even sort of lucky that like the volunteer work I did, I I kind of, I liked to volunteer at the soup kitchen that I went to. Like I'd been doing it with my dad since I was little. So it wasn't like these things kind of turned from interest into like resume points. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when the sort of challenge showed up for me and that it was like, ah, like now this is more than, an interest like this is something that maybe my future is relying upon you know what I mean so like Mm -hmm. now I have to make resume points for the volunteering that I do when really like I would love to just say like I do it because it's fun and like I like the people there and like that's that's it rather than like growing people skills and like Mm -hmm. serving this that and the you know what I mean so I think that was um it's an interesting point when your interests become like your quote unquote money makers, if you will, even though I'm not making no money off of these things, but (laughs) (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like when I had to put all these things on my college application, it was like, then like, Oh, now I have to keep doing it this way because this is what got me here. And like, maybe this will be what gets me elsewhere. Or like, Mm -hmm. if I don't keep going up in the same way, then it'll look like, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. like you said, like if I don't keep posting or if like my following is not growing as rapidly as it once did, like I'm, failing mm-hmm. and that's tough and you know part of it with me though is that's tough and like with this sort of like concept of maybe imposter syndrome or like needing to do more is I've always kind of had a slight chip on my shoulder in that like I genuinely always believe that I'm capable of whatever I want to do and I think that's partly thanks to my parents like my parents really did encourage me and remind me that one, I should only ever do things that I want to do. And I can only control those things that I choose. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. anything that I can put my mind to, like I can do, but I have to make sure that I'm doing it because my mind is being put to it. You know what I mean? Like not anyone else telling me like, you need to be doing this, but like, if you want to do it, like you can and you will type of thing. So I feel Mm -hmm. like that's always been in the back of my mind. Like I'm thinking of like last semester I had there was a moment where I was working, I had an internship that I would work three days a week. I had classes, Mm -hmm. I had a campus job. I also would like bartend through the school on the side. And then still somehow, like I was in a couple clubs, I was an RA and I was like still finding time to hang out with my friends. And like looking back on that, I was like, girl, how are you doing that? Like, (laughs) that's a lot. In my head, I'm like, I will never do that again. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. And like, you know, in my head, in those moments where I was exhausted, I remember days where like I would work my internship from eight 30 to six, and then I would have a bartending gig at seven. And then the next morning I'd have to work my campus job at 10. And so, or maybe even earlier. So it was a lot of like, ah, like I'm on my grind. So like, this is where I'm supposed to be, which is kind of yeah. how I justified it in my head. Like, this is how much, you know, this is what I am meant to be. Like, this is why I'm in New York. Like this is you know, type of you know like, yeah, yeah. like I justified it. Like, this is what, you know, this is what I need to do in order to be wherever I want to be in XYZ mm-hmm. time, which now I'm realizing like, no, mm-hmm. you could have negotiated to work a little bit less with your internship. You could have maybe like restructured some things. Like I've quit being an RA because that wasn't it. Me but, too. <laughs> like some things like that. <laughs> But it was just like, okay, how much of this are you doing because you want to do it versus like how much of this is draining you and not feeding you at all type of thing. So So I feel like it was a lot of like those moments of like, I don't know, feeling 
overwhelmed and like having to make those tough decisions of like, dang, my friends are going out, but like I have to work or like my friends are going out, but I'm exhausted because I just got back from work and like Mm -hmm. choosing. And then like, I have a paper due this weekend. Like maybe this is, you know, I have to sacrifice, you know, going out or doing this because black culture hasn't posted all week, whatever it is. So like those types of things of like having to sort of make those I don't know if they're adult decisions. I guess they kind of are. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> Having to make those decisions of like, you know, what I prioritize mm-hmm. and what I'm choosing to do for me versus what I'm choosing to do for somebody else, whoever yeah. else it might be. Mm-hmm. Letting go of those things that I'm not choosing to do for myself and like holding on to the ones that I know I love. And like, even with BGC, with Black Girl Culture, sometimes I'm like, I have to take a step back because the tweets that do well aren't the tweets that I'm most excited about, you know, mm-hmm. like, and like the content that performs well, if you will, or like is getting all of the shares. Sorry, I'm not crying. These are <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the content that is getting all of the shares is like, it's Beyonce's birthday. Whereas like in my head, like the content I love is like, let's talk about, I don't know, something, something else, like something with a question, like, yeah, something more engaging to me as much as, you know, I love Beyonce. We love Beyonce. just a random thing on my life if Beyonce's birthday just passed. (laughs) But yeah, I think really what it comes down to is like, again, reminding myself of like, what am I doing for me in this moment Mm -hmm. that's, you know, bringing me joy and feeding me in some type of way? What am I doing to, you know, set myself up to do the things that I want Mm -hmm. to do someday? And then what else is, mm-hmm. am I doing just because and like removing all of that just because stuff, because it's not, you know, some of the, you can't remove, like I do as good as I can, you know, sometimes you're going to have to take a class that you don't want to take. Or like, sometimes you're going to have to like have that campus job, even though you hate it. Cause you need that money. But like, if you can manage, like, even if it's just like a friendship, like I, I try to be intentional with the things that I can control. So like, I'm not going to go to that party just because everyone else is going. Cause I don't care what's happening at it. Or like, I'm not going to follow this person just because I met them on campus. And like, we know the same people, you know, like small decisions of like the things that we can control about the things that we interact with the most, I think have been my like saving grace in that, or like, you know, managed to sort of keep me on my own track, whatever that might be, because all of that external stuff is kind of what makes it cloudy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And definitely something else you said, just thinking about us and how we both really, really love New York and how New York is known for like, you know, the whole fast paced thing. I definitely find mm-hmm. myself falling into that. I guess the trap per se of that, you know, being busy and being like, you know, I guess booked and busy, as I say, from like 8 a.m. Yep. to 10 p.m. is like what you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes, honestly, I hate to say it, but there's sometimes like an adrenaline type rush that you kind of get when it's Mm -hmm. like, I've been doing work, you know, all day. I'm on my grind. I'm being like, quote unquote, successful because I have all these things, you know, that I'm doing and I have a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I guess that brings up a larger conversation about, we've had this, you know, talk that we just had about, you know, this pressure to feel like you need to be successful by this young age, but like what even is mm. success, you know? And I think, mm. like I said, we live in a society. I love that meme where it's like, we live in a society, but <laughs> capitalism <laughs> is out and about. And it's like, you know, success is what's bringing you money. Success is 
what your career is. Success might be like the networking that you're doing, but is there more to success than like how many likes or shares your black or culture tweets get? Or is there, you know, more to success than just what we typically think of or like what is going to bring us money? You know, is success, like you said, is that doing what you love? Even if it's not bringing you any money, is success having good friends around you? Is success that self-love and self-care that like having, I guess, the mental space to know that like, I have, I can't do that right now. I need to do this. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what in your head, what does success mean to you? And has your definition of success changed as you've grown and as you know, you've thought more about it? Yes. I think the quick answer is yes, it has changed Mm -hmm. a lot and I'm sure it will continue Mm -hmm. to, I hope it does. But, um, it's like, I guess Twitter and I guess as I've come to sort of understand capitalism, like you said, in a new light Mm -hmm. has forced me to sort of reckon with like the future I dream for myself and like what I imagine to be my own like success story, if you will. And I think, you know, that even the concept of a success story is like fed into where I dream of myself being. And I think, you know, as I've mentioned, I went to private schools my whole life. I was often the only black girl in my class. Like, my peers, their parents would like own these lavish businesses and like, you know, they would have all these cars and like all of this mm-hmm. stuff. Like I would, I remember one of my friends when I was little, this is like second grade. This is, she was actually black. I love her. <laughs> but I remember they got this huge house and I remember I went over and they just got moved in and I was like, oh my God, mom, like you can do cartwheels in their kitchen. Like, that's crazy. Like things like that, where I was just like, oh my God, like, that's what I want. Like, that's what I need. Like, I want the big house. Like, I want all of the cars, like that type of thing. And then I kind of realized like, dang, well, one, those people be unhappy. Like the the kids, the white kids in my class with all the Range Rovers and stuff, when I would hear about like what their families were on, I was like, actually, no, thank you. I don't think I want that. You know, I don't think I want that at all. And like, even the capitalist thing, like, I don't want to grind until I'm 75. Like, I don't want to work a nine to five. Like, I don't want any of the things that we've been taught to want. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It was hard to get to this point. Like, even when I got to college, it was tough because, you know, I remember there was this one girl on my floor my freshman year and she, she had gotten a MacBook. I heard about this. I don't know if it's actually true, but I presume, honestly, would have been (laughs) But she'd gotten a MacBook. She had set the password as something that she didn't like. It's not that she, or no, no, no. She said the username is something that she didn't like in retrospect. So she could still access the laptop. She could have changed the username, whatever. She ended up just buying a new laptop and like weird excesses of wealth that like made me confused Uh about like, do I want that? Like that doesn't even make sense. Uh Like a lot of the wealth I was seeing was accounted or accompanied by like just being out of touch. And I was like, maybe that's Uh not like actually what I want at all. Like maybe you can't buy happiness or whatever, mm-hmm. but like they're, they're not, that's not why they're satisfied. Like maybe you meet a rich person that's satisfied for other reasons and the other things that they do in their lives, but it's not a purchase that's going to make you feel any type of way, or it's not like a, a certain status that will make me feel better. And I think also, you know, the added layer of like, I care heavily about my community mm-hmm. and I care about like, I kind of like in Zoli's episode, like I don't view my success as separate from 
the success of the people around me in every capacity, not just my family, but like the people that I would play with and go to camp with in the summer, like whatever it might be. Like I don't view my own thriving as separate from theirs. So I don't think that I would even be satisfied, you know, if I'm in my brownstone and like not able to help people, you know what I mean? Like, so I think, you know, it's been a process of like really redefining Mm -hmm. like wealth and you know, how I imagine to use any of my own success. And like, also, you know, if success is feeling accomplished and if success is feeling like, ah, like, I feel like I did what I was meant to do. I can't reach that point without other people being up Mm -hmm. to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody eats. We love that. How about you? Yeah. With the story with the girl in the MacBook, I think that that's a state of mind. Honestly, I keep thinking about what we were talking about earlier with the guac and Chipotle. (laughs) I honestly feel like no matter how much money I have, I'm still going to second guess that guac. I think that's something that I don't know. I think definitely I want to be able to say that, you know, money can't buy happiness Mm -hmm. as well. And I just, I think it might be naive, but I hope that there's a world like you said, where you can have both, where you can have that, not money in terms of like Jeff Bezos, you, <laughs> yeah. know, ex- you know, excess wealth, but you know, I have to be comfortable. I think when I think of success and money, it's not to buy fancy cars. It's not, you know, to buy a huge house, even though sometimes I do be watching those, you know, house. house tutorials and I'm like, I, I'm just like, I kind of like I would that. love a I house kind of would like that for yeah. <laughs> Literally. I like, I really love those like floor to ceiling windows and mm. like those like bougie apartments, yes. but maybe I want one of those. Okay, maybe can I get you the that, window. But I can get the windows, but the money I think is more for experiences. I think going back to what we were saying, like success for me, isn't like in materialism in the sense of like, I want, you know, these bougie bags. I want these expensive $5,000, whatever, but I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to experience mm. life. So I think in terms of comfortability, I think if we are thinking of, you know, wealth and capitalism and success in that way, definitely that money would go towards like traveling and life experiences. Like you said, helping my community. And I think if I do end up successful, quote unquote, in the capitalist sense, my money is going back to the Bahamas. My money is going back to Freeport, Grand Bahama, because that's where I grew up. That's where I live my whole life. That's where my family is. And like you said, like, what is success? if you're not bringing other people up with you, you know what I mean? And like you said, if I, if you'd asked me this question in high school, I watch a lot of movies. I would have been like, yes, I want to be a billionaire. That song. I want to be a billionaire. (laughs) I would have, I would have wanted all of that, but now you hit the nail on the head with everything you said. Honestly, I've come to Columbia and I've seen way more money than I ever, ever thought that I would see. And I don't know. It just, it doesn't feed me. Like they don't seem happy. All of that honestly has made me just feel like success is like happy. I'm sounding so cliche. It's happiness in terms of that. Like I want to live my life experiences. I want to be doing something that I love. I want to be able to live comfortably in terms of the fact that also like, I don't want to be pulling all nighters all the time, Mm -hmm. or I don't want to be like have a job that stresses me out. I want to do what I love. I want to be happy. I want to have, you know, good people surrounding me. But that's my family, my friends. Right. I feel like that's what success looks like to me. I think that's what 
the dream is. And I think if I'm being completely candid, though, as much as I understand that there's more to life and success than this money, I don't think I'm honestly at the stage yet where that won't affect me anymore right. in terms of the way that I like. No, for myself. sure. For That's real. I think it's a journey. Absolutely. It's a journey to get there. I'm still, it's hard when you're at Columbia and, you know, I don't know. You want to say that these things won't get to you, but they do. the internships. We can't act like it's not going to show up or like those pressures are just going to go away because they always are there. And mm-hmm. like, it's internalized. It's, it's work to really, you know, realize that like all of these success stories that we've been shown our whole lives, like even from anywhere from like the news yeah. to like films, the the narrative of coming up and like I told I've told mm-hmm. you this before. I think I mentioned this in a past episode, but like it's hard for me to love Beyonce and not subscribe yeah. to the belief that like to be great <laughs> is to like go yeah. from the bottom to the top. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's work and I don't think we talk about it enough. I don't even think that rich people talk about it enough that like just because they're rich, that doesn't mean they have all that they want or like the work that comes after that. Like, I would love to hear Beyonce talk about like what she thought what would be like versus what it is. Like I would, I would love those types of things rather than just like. Candid conversations. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's real. Like I'm not going to act like though I know in my heart that success for me is this, it's not going to, I'm not going to act like the pressures to like continue to build my resume or like, you know, monetize mm. black girl culture or like whatever it might be are just going to go away. So it's, it's something that's always on mm. our minds for sure. But I feel like that can't change until like society changes. Like we still live in, like I need money to do right. things. If I want that, you know, to even to live comfortably for you to get your brownstone, for me to get my windows, we need mm-hmm. money for that. So even though, you know, we still need to be making money. So I guess until, I don't know, we live in right. a, a society that doesn't put so much value on wealth and money, then how can we really get rid of it? That's kind of a, a kind of wow. depressing note to end on, but <laughs> a little profound. For real. Like, we need societal change. I can't. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think for our concluding thoughts, though, as we kind of wrap up this conversation a little bit, I think the main takeaway, which we knew before starting this episode, mm-hmm. but we feel the need to like, really reinforce is that 20 is not old 30 is not old Mm -mm. we're still young and it's okay for us to still be figuring things out and old is not bad old is not bad i don't know if i mentioned this earlier but there was a quote that i heard like you're literally only improving as you get older you know what i mean like you're gaining more experience you're gaining more wisdom like you know more things now than you did a year before and that's a good thing and that's Mm -hmm. literal growth both you know, mentally, spiritually, but also like physically, you're getting yep. younger and that's a good thing. There is no such yes. thing as like a prime. And honestly, 20 is just when life is getting Starting. started. Yes. I say this mm-hmm. to my friends all the time. Like sometimes when I have that pressure of like, oh, maybe I should be doing this, that, and the third, I've kind of like remind myself like life is literally just starting for me like this is yeah. so exciting like the sometimes beginning. I literally feel like a newborn like this is like dang <laughs> like I'm just going into the world like everything is new like mm-hmm. every like even like a, a, the concept of like a big girl purchase for you like this is like a new thing that I'm like getting for myself this big is a new ability girl. that I have so like it's exciting you know I, I really am excited like 
like I said in the beginning, like I can't even stress it enough. You, whoever's listening, you, Lauren also, and me to myself, like we are all exactly where we need to be, wherever that is Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And sometimes it's clear why and other times it's not, but it's like, we're meant to be here in this moment. Like some things we can change, we can change how we think about it, but we can't necessarily change the past or the timeline that's to come necessarily. But like, Mm -hmm. just remind yourself that like, you're meant to be here. And like, what are you going to do while you're here type of thing rather than like, Oh my God, I should be doing this instead. Or I should be like over there. You know what I mean? Or like that person is like doing this. So maybe I should do that. Like, no, you're meant to be here. Maybe they're meant to be there. Like, yeah, that's it. And we love it. Wow. (laughs) That was a beautiful note to end on. Thank you for those wise words of wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) We've hyped ourselves up so much this episode. We're like, for real. Okay. All right, shall we, shall we close? Yes, Indeed. with something bringing, bringing us, us joy. joy. Would, Would you like, like to go first? first? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll go um, I'll go yes. Okay, things bringing me joy. I have two things. One, mm-hmm. McKean, you see it. The lovely people seeing it can't listen, but my brain yes. is bringing me joy. Oh, come yes. on now. It's brave. We love right? to see it. Yeah, these are bringing me joy. <laughs> oh, right, I got to do a little flip, right? But other than the fact that I don't have to do my hair for a while is bringing me joy. Also, the length, right. the inches, period. period. Love that. Yes. Also, my big girl purchases. Like, I got some AirPods in now. Oh, she just said, I said, hair behind the ear real quick. <laughs> <Y'all see it? laughs> I know we were just talking about like wealth and how that's not success, but like, I made some big girl purchases and I'm proud of myself for it. I'm proud of you. I needed a new laptop, so my laptop wouldn't serve it. The screen wasn't even connected to the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> we love growth. We love to see it. It's a glow up. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> this is stupid, but I mean, I've been enjoying it. I've been binging, um, I think it's called The Glow Up on Netflix. I think it's called that. It's a, it's a makeup, like, competition show it's so stupid and like i'm not gonna lie if y'all have watched it do you agree that they did the black girl dirty on the show let me know but it's a great show it's very interesting it's like makeup artists and like they go head to head with like different makeup challenge it's kind of like america's next top model but for like makeup Makeup. so it's been cool it's it's like one of those trash like competition shows but i'm enjoying <laughs> like you hate watch it but like you're low-key into it right like it's like damn like why it? would you do that but i'm like Ooh, let me see what they do next <laughs> <laughs> watch hair behind the ear again speaking of makeup though something else that's bringing me i mean it hasn't brought me joy yet but mckean has mm-hmm. been helping me with my skincare and i think yes! that is worth mckean is the queen of skincare i suck at skincare i told mckean last night that i have been washing my face i only have my cleanser Mm-mm. and i've I haven't used moisturizer in like four months and I've been we washing rebuking. my hair with, <laughs> with salt water. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I just have no words. No, I'm not even gonna lie. When you texted me and you were like, yeah, I've been, when you said salt water, I was like, girl. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Not to be a downer, but Freeport doesn't okay. have clean, <laughs> clean water yet. But it's okay. We're improving. I'm about to, you know, check out my Amazon cart with all the things she gave me. And it's, you know, Dude. it's not a new year, but like the school year always feels like a new year, but it does. New me, new skin. It's yeah, about new time. New hair, <laughs> new skin. It's time. Literally. It really is. So as we 
bring today's conversation to a close. That is all we have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you guys, I'm not related to what we talked about today. It was a bit of a more chill, laid back convo, but I think it was really important for us to have. For sure. Relate about these things. Um, yeah. And yes. next week, we have a very, very interesting conversation coming up. Um, we're going to be talking to Kaima McIntyre, a fashion designer. She's going to be talking to us all about the fashion world. She went viral yes. in the 2015 for her prom dress. That was amazing. Iconic. Had her designs worn by Tyra Banks, Janet Jackson, mm. and Terry Nott. She's an mm. icon. A legend. We're so, so happy to talk to her next week. So make sure you tune in. Yes, and keep up with us in the meantime on Instagram at Black Girl Blueprint, where you can send us any questions or like discussion topics or anything you want to see from us, either in the Read the Room segment or in future episodes, period. You can also reach us at blueprint at gmail.com if you have anything to share. And if you like this episode, we would love if you would please like give it a little five stars, give it a little you know, review, you know, you give it a little, subscribe. you know, thumbs up, you know, sub- yep, subscribe. Everything. We will be grateful. <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter too. At yes. Blue Blueprint. We're more active on there now. Yeah, we're popping up just a little bit. No, go to timeline and see. (laughs) You know how we do. Anyway, (laughs) thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Goodbye, goodbye, y'all. Bye. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.